Hello, and welcome to Cinema Gadfly, the podcast where I force my friends to watch films I like. My name is Arik Devins, and I'm your host. I've been making my way through the Criterion Collection for the last few years and posting about it at cinemagadfly.com. I started this podcast so I could get my friends to talk to me about all the films I've been watching. The deal is, if they watch a Criterion film of my choice, I'll watch whatever they want, and then we discuss. Episodes come out roughly twice a month, first the film I chose, and then the film they chose. This month, I'm joined by my friend, the very talented Jesse Char. Uh, Last episode, we talked about the film I chose for you, Jesse, 1929's The Love Parade. What film did you choose for me to watch? Um, right now, all I can think about is all of the films that I should have chose for you to watch, since I could have made you watch anything. Um, I maybe made, maybe <laughs> would have made you watch Now You See Me, or Glitter. I don't know. I just, I feel a little bit of regret over the film that I chose for you, because... Well, we'll just have to have you back. Yeah, I mean, because given, given the movie that I chose for you, it's actually, it, I feel like it has a lot in common, or like a lot of, there are a lot of parallels between the movie I chose and the movie you chose. Um, the movie I chose being Singing in the Rain, which is a... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a musical, another musical, uh, featuring Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds, a.k.a. Carrie Fisher's mom, which I didn't know until about six months ago, if you can believe it. I didn't um, know that until right now. What? <laughs> you didn't know that? That's Carrie Fisher's mom? Yeah. Debbie Reynolds. Whoa. I know. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy fact. Pretty crazy fact. Um, and that, so so um, so the movie you had me watch was an early talkie from 1929 um, that was one of the first musicals that had, like, music in the narrative of the movie instead of people just singing a song like a review. And Singing in the Rain um, is a movie about talkies from the late 20s and uh, specifically making like a musical talkie. Um, So in that movie, Gene Kelly plays like this debonair movie star um, of silent film with um, a co-star, Lena Lamott, and uh, and they are about to make their first talkie and, um, and, and it's kind of about the foibles that go along with uh, them having to suddenly speak in front of audiences or, or be heard in front of audiences. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a fancy synopsis like you. I just had to make that up on the spot, but I feel like that's what the movie. I about. thought that was, I thought that was excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, I, first of all, I, I loved it. I, I, many of you will not believe that I hadn't seen singing in the rain before now, but I hadn't. It's fantastic, right? <laughs> It is absolutely fantastic, and but not only had I not seen it, I knew, other than the iconic scene that I knew about, you know, the singing in the rain scene, I didn't really know anything about the film, and so I recommended you the film I recommended you, and then I start watching this movie, and we had just watched a, a 1929 musical film, and then this is a movie about them making a 1929 musical film yeah. in 1952, which is, <laughs> which is just... That was so fascinating to me uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, I'll say that Hollywood loves, loves to tell their own story. How Hollywood loves Hollywood. I know. <laughs> Hollywood is obsessed with... No one is more obsessed with Hollywood than Hollywood. Anytime they can make a movie about how Hollywood went or how what's going on or how you become a star or something from their past that they can dramatize and totally make ridiculous, they just they love it. Mm-hmm. So this is... 
this is absolutely a uh, example of of that particular trend because they are they're going hardcore into the story of how the talkies came about, and it is true what the film sort of posits, which is that a lot of silent stars didn't make the transition to talkies because they just didn't have nice voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this film, the Gene Kelly's character, the woman he's been co-starring with in all the silent films they've been doing, that Lena Lamont you mentioned, she has a very ab- abrasive voice. Although I have to tell you, Jesse, and this is uh, mainly because I know you, my first thought when that started going on in the film was, wow, Sing in the Rain. It's the precursor to ladies on podcasts being judged for their voices. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I can't stand him. That's all. I always think of that <laughs> line when I watch that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely. I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. Um, I probably, right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Get over it. I mean, she's, you know, her voice is her voice is not nice, but yeah. whatever. So they've got Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds plays the um, kind of the, like, young starlet love. Not starlet yet, I guess. She plays, like, the, the love interest of Gene Kelly. She has just a fine voice, and they kind of scheme to um, have her do the voiceovers for Lena so that the film doesn't bomb and ruin Gene Kelly's career. Um, and what's funny, what's funny about that is, I don't know if you read anything about like trivia about the movie, but in the scenes where Debbie Reynolds is doing the voiceovers for the actress that plays Lena Lamont, it's actually Lena, like the actress that's playing Lena, dubbing over Debbie Reynolds. Does that make sense? Wow. Wait, so they're using... They're using Gene Hagen. That's Lena Lamont. Yes, using Gene, Gene Hagen, Hagen's yes. voice for Debbie Reynolds being Gene, being, being Gene Hagen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the I movies, know. man! Right? Oh, uh, it's amazing. Holy and then there's like crap. another one when when Debbie's doing the the vo- like the singing um, voiceover. It's actually like a totally like it's a different woman's voice too. Um, but That's yeah, amazing. It's hilarious. Oh, and just like to make it even more amazing, um, there's a lot of dancing in the movie. Obviously, it's a Gene Kelly movie. I don't think he would have it any other way. But Debbie Reynolds was 19 in this movie. He was like in his 40s. She was 19. Um, it was her first like real job, and she wasn't really a dancer, so she had to do a lot of dancing. And apparently, Gene Kelly was just like super unhappy with her all the time because she just wasn't as good as him. And so, in <laughs> one of the tap dancing, I think in Good Morning, when it's like them and Cosmo Brown tap dancing because they've stayed up so so late, uh, Gene Kelly ended up doing a, a tap dub over her tapping so like he recorded him tapping her part and play like and that's what's actually in the movie i don't even know what that's called when it's like a a tap over voiceover for dancing i don't know anyway yeah i don't know i just looked this up and apparently her feet were bleeding which is a little gross but her yeah. feet were bleeding when they were doing that and she later said that singing in the rain and childbirth were the two hardest things she ever had to do in her life. So I guess <laughs> yeah. this and giving birth to Carrie Fisher were like really, really hard for her. <laughs> oh my God. I'm never going to watch this movie the same way again now that I know that's so Oh, you incredible. have to watch it. And then, because I, I obviously like, the movies that I like, I like have to like know every single little thing about them. And, Absolutely. Well, and Singing in the Rain. So I go way back with this musical because this was actually, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think that it was my first job, which was 
uh, I played cello in um, the pit at a musical playhouse for a run of Singing in the Rain for like a month and a half. So I would. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was in this show, you know, every like, you know, four nights a week for kind of a while. And uh, and so I had at one time like the entire thing memorized the entire thing, the score, the lines, just all of it. And, and so anyway, so anyway, I have a long history with this, with this particular show. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, but there's, there's one of the most incredible numbers in any musical or movie ever is, um, I, I, I'm so bad with actors' names, but the guy that plays Cosmo Brown who's kind of like... Oh, God, he's so, so phenomenal. His name is yeah. Donald O'Connor. Oh, yeah, Donald, Donald O'Connor. I should know that. Okay, so Donald O'Connor does an incredible number called Make Him Laugh that is just like yeah, a very so vaudeville style. He's just singing about being an entertainer and dancing around and doing tons of slapsticky physical comedy, but just with himself and the props around him. And um, and so so that's incredible. He does like this thing like three times in this song where he, like, runs up a wall and does a backflip and, like, lands it. And it's just, like, it's crazy. And apparently, like, Donald O'Connor was, like, chain-smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. They had wanted him to do that. <laughs> and that was, like, a thing, like, a trick that he had, like, done, like, as a young boy. And they're like, no, you must do a backflip. And so that all of that crazy song and dance and god anybody even if you don't like musicals you should just like look this scene up on youtube and just like try and find this number because it's amazing it really is all of the floors if you'll notice like it's all like cement floors and so he's like doing crazy shit landing on his ass like doing backflips like on cement floors like as an older gentleman and it's like it's an amazing physical feat and it makes your knees hurt a little bit just watching it but yeah. So it's it is you are it's so amazing and I also thought so uh, one of the things that I thought we would do while talking about this film is kind of reference the previous film that I chose for you the love parade. Yes. And that's one of the areas where I wanted to mention that because the actor Lupino Lane in the love parade who played Jacques uh, Marie Chevalier's servant he Reminded does a me ton of, of so much right like yeah. a ton of that kind of physical acting in the film yeah i loved i loved seeing that that and it was it was that song about being commoners in particular i think that was like a very kind of it was between it was a duet between the couple but the same very much the same kind of like silly physical comedy singing i don't know it was it's so funny, like watching these two movies back to back, because I really do think that they have they have so much in common. And I actually like Googled Love Parade and Singing in the Rain, and like nobody really talks about these movies um, like together like that. Um, so anyway, again, I think we got very lucky with our movie pairings this this week. <laughs> we really did, and I find that so okay. So one of the things in that vein that I find really interesting and uh, and I was really like like this I love this movie so any criticism I give here is is coming from a place of total love this movie is so wonderful but um it's a movie from 1952 about a movie from 1929 but from the perspective of 1952 and so you know <laughs> when we did the podcast on love parade we talked a lot about how love parade is a very like adult film in a lot of ways and like very cheeky and kind of you know uh, tongue, you know, tongue-in-cheek adult and and very kind of raunchy in a weird kind of very polite and nice way. And the version of 1929 that's in this movie is completely disconnected from that, right? Oh, this is yeah. like the most chaste, 
chased 1929, you can imagine, you know, everyone is, is super, super 50s wholesome, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see that interplay because we just watched a movie from the actual time period and now we're seeing the romanticization of that time period as though it had been sort of Norman Rockwell America 50s whatever it's it was fascinating to me yeah to see them repaint history like that just catch them in the act yeah absolutely such a hollywood move <laughs> such a hollywood move so in in so a lot hollywood. of ways i felt like this movie was a wholesome version of the love parade mhm yeah and and as part of that one of the big 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 things that I liked about the Love Parade, and I think was also something you had said you liked, was that they kind of subverted some of the traditional gender roles, and they kind of played around with some sexist tropes, and kind of like did some interesting things. Whether they were ultimately successful or not, I think we agreed they maybe they, we felt like they were, but uh, they definitely were investigating those kinds of ideas. Whereas this film, definitely not. Oh yeah, I mean, and also I feel like you can you can see, or if you know anything about like. Gene Kelly, like, you can kind of see his death grip on this movie also, because one of my, it's not even, I, can, I you can't even say that it's a favorite part of the movie, because it has nothing to do with anything, which is that weird, like, dance rhapsody that he does, like. Oh, man, I wanted to ask you about that. What is that? Through. That is so weird. It's so, like, it's so, and I, I read that, like, that was, like, one-fifth of, like, the total movie budget was, like, that weird scene there's basically this weird scene for those of you who have not seen this of singing in the rain or this whole act i don't even know i don't know called like broadway i don't i don't remember what it's called broadway ballet or something like that. oh yeah they're 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 trying to they're trying to fix the silent movie they made or the talking movie they made by putting in a, a, a um what is it called a bottle story or like a container story yeah and so he's like a gene kelly's like an up and coming dancer who's going on broadway and then uh, going from agent to agent, and he's in a nightclub, and then eventually he's just in a dream inside the dream inside <laughs> yeah. the story he's telling his boss, where a woman is just has a really long white dress that's blowing around. I feel like Gene Kelly was just like, I'm sick of this Debbie Reynolds child. I want a real woman to dance with. So he just like makes the studio hire a real dancer or something that he can like show off <laughs> with. Because that's honestly what it feels like is like he wanted some grown ups to play with instead of his dumb co stars. Even though Donald O'Connor is like super amazing, but oh, yeah, was it incredible. makes no sense. And it's also just visually, it's like super colorful, and there's tons of people, and it's glitzy, and it's Broadway, and it's not Hollywood at all. Like it's a very like New York showbiz, not LA showbiz. It's a very strange part of the movie. And super theatrical, very super theatrical. theatrical. Like it looks like like a stage play, play. sets, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So and then weird. even then, yeah, and then even even within that, that weird dream, within a dream, at the end with, like, the scarf dancing woman and, like, the pastel background is, like, even, like, another layer of, like, what aesthetic, like, where did this come from? Like, what is this supposed to be? It's just... That one doesn't even get explained in the context of anything. No. Right? That's just completely disconnected from everything that Yeah. Happens. No, I think, I feel like that was probably just Gene Kelly just being, like... Let me let me show off a little bit. But yeah, that's I mean yeah. what in the world? It's great. But I kind of Well love, and I was watching the film I and... kind of love things like that. Oh no, just like I like I like um and I, I I say like, you know, like not that I necessarily think that it needs to be a part of every movie, but I'm entertained by those weird, like rhapsodic 
episodes that happen in the middle of movies and, and musicals especially that have just nothing to do with anything at all. It's just fantastic. It is a nice part of the musical thing where you're already suspending so much disbelief because people are just singing and dancing randomly all the time that you can kind of maybe more get away with something like that. Although this really was super weird and especially because I'm watching the movie and I, uh, for whatever reason I like right around then I like check the running time and I'm like, man, we're, we're like really pretty close to the end and very little has been resolved and they're spending kind of a lot of time on this weird dance number and it's very pretty and actually very impressive. I, his hair must have been gelled down like nothing else to not <laughs> yeah. have not have all anything about wind. him move as that. <laughs> I know. Right. All that wind. Uh, but, and then obviously they do resolve the, you know, it's a 50s big, big budget Hollywood studio film. So they definitely resolve the plot. But it was just super like, where is this going? This is so weird. But very, very nice. Yeah. And I mean, and he's very much like obviously like the dominant male character over Demi Reynolds in it he's just kind of telling her what to do even though he's like he's like doing her a solid kind of by screwing over his co-star well yeah and that's kind of what I that's kind of where I wanted to go with that was that first of all the way that they treat uh Lena Lamont Gene Hagen is like super horrible right like Mm -hmm. she's just and, and I mean she is portrayed as not being a particularly nice lady but she in the end she's just a woman who's trying to stand up for her career yeah and trying to like have the terms of her contract enforced and like you know if you look at it outside the lens of like we all want you know uh Gene Kelly and uh and uh um uh, Carrie Fisher's mom to to win it's like she's getting really screwed over here and being treated really really poorly and then at the same time uh Debbie Reynolds Carrie Fisher's mom she's really not treated very nicely at the end by Gene Kelly and it works out okay right but like she I mean she's walk she's crying I mean you know she's not she feels like she's been completely betrayed yeah and she was ordered around like a like a child well she is a child she's 19 years old that's a child but yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that that's true and I mean <laughs> you know the whole way the whole way that he when he's all creepy on her in the car when they first meet oh so uh, creepy, Gene Kelly. Oh, he's super creepy. He's super creepy. And there's like a song. I can't remember what song it is, but there's a song in there that he sings. I think Beautiful Girls. That is like kind of about teenage girls being super beautiful. It's just like you've got those lips that were meant to be kissed and you're over sweet 16. So it's like, I mean, like that's like if oh. you're, uh, you're over 16, oh. free game. Oh. Like anything. That one hurts. Yeah. That's like some that's like some R. Kelly, if you're eighteen, you can come home with me tonight, but not even eighteen. We're talking sixteen. Sixteen. He's like, you know what? You're over sixteen, it's fine. Like what is were there were there the same like age limitations back then as there are now? Sixteen just is like real Probably oof. not. They're they're probably they were probably different back yeah. then, to be honest with you. Yeah. Especially if you're Gene Kelly. He was an amazing, an amazing performer. Holy moly. Oh, he is phenomenal in this he film, and, so I, and I don't want this to take anything away from how great this movie <laughs> oh, really is. Oh, no, just, not you know, at all. These are the things we need to talk about. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, for me, like, especially when it comes to, like, old musicals or really any musicals, part of what I love about them is how dumb they are also in certain ways. Like, it's the dumbness that makes them so charming um, or that adds to their charm. Um, I also oh, I absolutely, love, absolutely. So Gene Kelly, um, when he does the infamous singing in the rain number, like phenomenal for for whatever reason, like 
I as I, I I watched this again today, and as I like, he's ending the song, and like uh, like like a constable, or like you know, like a like a policeman, like walks up to him and just starts staring at him as if like he's not allowed to be singing or something like that. Did you notice that? I thought that that was hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like he's splashing in a puddle, and apparently that in the fifties that's against the law. And I love that like the cop isn't like saying anything. He's just he just like walks walks up and is just like giving him like bitch face about it. And yeah, I he never that. says anything. He never <laughs> says a single says thing. <laughs> and not only does Gene Kelly leave, he gives his umbrella to someone else as though that's like part of the crime. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you watched the Emmys. Did you watch the Emmys this year? No. Oh, yeah, of course you didn't. Well, there's just, there's like a dumb, in the intro, Andy Samberg is uh, singing about how he's seen every show. And then, who is it? It's one of the SNL guys. Um, but he like, he he's basically like playing like a Les Miserables, like, cop, you know, because of the cops in Les Mis, um, law enforcement French man who's like, starts opera singing that he's watched too many shows and needs to be arrested um, and then, <laughs> and then Andy Samberg sings back that watching shows is not a crime, and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, continue." It just reminded me of that. It's so super, super dumb, and I'm sure that maybe nobody else uh, listening has actually both watched the 2015 Emmys and Singing in the Rain to the level that I have. Uh, so I'll stop. I don't talking know. Now. Well, I guess I'll we'll find out. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That, I mean, that actually sounds. You probably that's the only thing that could get me to go back and try to find it from the 2015 Emmys because it's not really my speed. But that sounds hilarious, and I like that Andy Samberg. He's he's all right. Yeah, it's a it's a good time, uh, and I think it's on Hulu. So watch it. Oh, even better. Yeah. So um, this movie, I just I love I loved how I mean, even though I'm complaining about. Not really complaining, but even though I'm discussing that it's a very, very, very inauthentic picture of what 1929 film was like, it was just still so much fun. And every song they sing, they've got these big smiles on their faces, and everyone's, you know, everything's over the top in a really pretty Technicolor, you know, very nice way. I, I just... I, I just want to be clear. I, it's I loved it. I oh, really? Absolutely loved it. I'm glad you actually liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff, and I love musicals, mm-hmm. which is why I was super excited that you wanted to watch one because I'm like, ooh, that means I get to watch some too. I I love musicals, so yeah. I was really really happy to get to see this movie, uh, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching it again when I don't have you know, when I'm not doing it for research. You know, just kind of take it all in and and just kind of let it wash over me. I think I think it'll be a a mainstay of things I kind of I kind of come back to. I think I'm definitely adding it to my, you know, my collection. Yeah, it's a very cheerful, easy movie to watch. And as you said, yeah, it's like very technicolor and like at the height of like when it, everything was just like oversaturated and super colorful and it's beautiful and 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 yeah. And the song I like the music from it as well. I wish they would make movies like this these days. They don't. I wish they would. But yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing there's nothing like this anymore. No, even when we get to Chicago or something like that, it's so much darker. This had no darkness of any kind. It was all light. Yeah, and I, and I feel like that is, like, current day musicals, I think, feel the need to be dark or be somber, be more serious or edgy. Um, and there is just nothing edgy about Singing in the Rain at all. <laughs> no, no, it is, uh, it is apple pie. It is America. It is idealism. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but in the best way. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. It is wonderful. 
Uh, cool. Well, uh, did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to get in about singing in the rain? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for uh, coming on the podcast, Jesse. It was absolutely a blast. We, we will absolutely have to have you again so you can force me to watch something even, you know, something horrible if you want to come oh, back yeah. and do that. I'll, I'll keep a running a running list going. Oh, God. It's going to get worse and worse. I, I can, I yeah. can already No, tell. it's probably just going to be like Sound of Music or something. Well, that would be wonderful because I've actually never seen that one either, believe it or not. What? Uh, so, I know. Okay. I know. Well, this how is why about, I do this. How so that about I can have learn. me back on? Y'all are gonna watch Sound of Music, and then, and then <laughs> my third, deep. and then my third go around, I'll finally find something terrible. Sounds good. I'll I'll have to figure out what to what to have you watch next time. So, um, why don't you tell the listeners uh, again where they can find you on the internet? Yes, because I know it better this time. Um, you can find me um, on Twitter at at Jesse Char, um, or on the normal internet at jessichar.com. Nice, and uh, I can be found at Cinema Gadfly on Twitter or at cinemagadfly.com. Uh, and, um, like I said last time, you know, I guess please rate this or what have you, if you liked it and review it positively, if you liked it, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, thanks for joining me again and I'll see you again next month. All right. Bye everybody. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Ah. Singing in the Rain, the prequel to Step Up. And don't forget that legendary sequel, Step Up 2, Street. Man, do you know that Gene Kelly is actually Channing Tatum's great uncle? Look it up. I swear I read it on the internet. <laughs>